0: You are listening to the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com akronabide Akron uh, A few of you guys know this, but uh, when I was a kid, I dreamed of becoming a sports broadcaster. That was always my dream since I was a little kid. Being a sports broadcaster for a major sports team was really the stuff of my wildest dreams. It really was. and. And actually, for a time, I got the taste of that dream. For about seven years, from the age of 16 to the age of 23, I worked in sports broadcasting. I was able to call play-by-play for the Sioux City Explorers and the local sports teams around the area. And it was an awesome, awesome experience. And I'll never forget, though, how it all started. I was just 16 years old, and I went to a radio station for a behind-the-scenes tour. And during that tour, I started talking to the sports director there, a man by the name of JB. And as we were talking, I'm, I'm giving him my, my expert sports insight. You know, I'm a 16-year-old. I think I know everything. And, and I'm giving him all this sports analysis. And by the end of the tour, he offered me a job, a summer internship at the radio station. And man, dude, I was pumped. I thought that I, I just got my golden ticket into the world of sports radio And in that moment, I thought I was a Dan Patrick or a Stephen A. Smith in the making. I really did. And so I I ran home. I I told my family. I told my parents. And and I was pretty cocky at that age. So I'm just like, hey, guys, you're looking at a sports broadcasting icon right here. All right, get ready. I am going to be the man. Right. And that's what I thought. I was super excited. But when I walked into the radio station for my first day on the job, man, reality hit me like a ton of bricks, you see, my first job working there wasn't what I expected at all. My job, as it turned out, wasn't talking on the radio or, or giving my expert sports insights. No, I was handed the role of a board operator. Now, I don't know if you guys know that, but my responsibilities were as simple as they come. You want to know what I was supposed to do? When it was time for the announcer to get up and speak, I was to press a button and then adjust his microphone volume. And then when he was done talking, I was to press a button and then lower his volume. That was it. That was my first job. It was so easy. A monkey could have done it. Now robots do it. Nobody even does that job anymore. But that was my first job at 16. And, and needless to say, man, I was disappointed, right? This wasn't what I expected at all. I, I thought I was going to be a, a great sports announcer right then, but I had to wait. And long story short, I ended up having to wait almost two years before I could start doing what I planned on doing on day one. I had to wait, has that ever happened to you before? Right, you, you get so excited about something, you think it's finally here and then you must wait. I feel like teenagers have that, right? They, they finally get their driver's license and they're ready to go out and drive all by themselves and their parents are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You gotta wait, I'm not prepared for that yet, right? Or, or maybe you order something on Amazon, you click buy and, and you're ready for it now and it says coming in two weeks, right? You gotta wait for it, that's the worst. Or, or, or just maybe you think that this year is gonna be your year for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You think it's gonna be the year and then they lose again. You gotta wait for another good season, right? We all go through those seasons. We have to wait. That's the worst feeling in the world. And I think we've all experienced that before. Well, as we come to our text today, we discover David going through a similar dilemma. You see, in verse 13, David is anointed as king. The spirit of the Lord comes upon him and and life is great. Life is awesome. He is going to be the next king of Israel. But then look at verse 19. Look at what took place after he was anointed. The Bible says, wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, send me David, thy son, which is with the sheep. Now, many people believe this took place two years after he was anointed. And what we see there is even after David is anointed as king, he is still with the sheep. He is still shepherding. He is still watching his father's sheep. So so basically what took place was David is anointed as king and he goes to his dad and says, look, dad, hey, I'm anointed. I'm going to be the next king. And his dad says, oh, yeah, that's great, son. Go watch the sheep. Who's watching the sheep? David, go watch the sheep. That's what happened. Not what you would expect the king to do, but that's what took place. David had to wait. And we find out he had to wait a good while. David didn't actually officially become king for nearly 15 and a half years after he was anointed. That's a long time, right? And to top it all off, he didn't experience his first major victory, killing Goliath for another four years. After he was anointed. You see, from 1 Samuel chapter 16 to 1 Samuel chapter 17, there is a space of about four years. And I think that's really interesting. You see, when we think of David, we think of the victories, right? We think of David and Goliath, this great underdog story, and for good reason, it's a great story, victory. But before there is a victory in chapter 17, there is a waiting and a preparing that takes place in chapter 16. You see, in order for David to be the king and in order for David to be the warrior that God called him to be, he needed to be prepared. And in our text, man, that's what we see taking place. God was preparing David. God was getting David ready. And the same thing goes for us today. You see, in our seasons of waiting, God prepares us for what's ahead. He prepares us and gets us ready for his great plan for our life. You see, the fact is, guys, God has a perfect plan for your life. He absolutely does. And that plan includes victory. That plan includes purpose and fulfillment. And dude, that plan includes abundance, right? That's the whole reason why Jesus Christ came to this earth in the first place. In John 10, 10, the Bible says, "'I am come that they might have life "'and that they might have it more abundantly.'" (laughs) Jesus came into this world so you and I can live the victorious Christian life, so you and I can live the abundant Christian life, so you and I can live this life beyond amazing. But for this to come to pass, it takes God's preparing work. It takes God preparing you for the life that he has for you. That's what we're gonna look at today, all right? We're gonna look at God's preparing work in the life of David. And I believe God's preparing work in David's life is the same way God prepares us in our life. And it's interesting, when we read chapter 16 and chapter 17 of of this book, we find out that there are three objects God used in David's life to prepare him for his victory over Goliath, and to prepare him for his ultimate victory as king. Now, we're going to look at two of these objects next week in 1 Samuel 17, and we're gonna zero in on the first object today in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to look at how God used this one object to prepare David spiritually. And the object is found in verses 16 and 23 of our text. All right, so I'm going to read these two verses. I want to see if you can make out the object, all right? Look at verse number 16. The Bible says, Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hands and thou shalt be well." Now jump on down to verse 23. The Bible says, "...and it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him." Anybody catch the object mentioned there? It was a harp, right? A harp. Now, I have with me my harp today, all right? I couldn't get my hands on a harp, obviously, all right so i got a ukulele now in bible times this is actually what it probably looked like something more like this it wasn't like a big harp that we think of today it was just two pieces of wood and some string right but but this was what david used and this is what god used to prepare david spiritually you see the context of of this passage of scripture is this king saul is is troubled by an evil spirits and his advisor suggests bringing in david who's a young shepherd boy but also a skilled musician to play soothing music on his heart for him. And when David plays, the spirit leaves and brings Saul comfort. That's really the story. And and many times when we cover the Life of David series, we pass this. We think, oh yeah, that's a cool story. And then we kind of move on to 1 Samuel chapter 17 because that's awesome. But you wanna know something? The back half of chapter 16 is an incredible story. And you wanna know why? This is super cool because this Passage was actually the commencing of David's path to becoming king. So understand this now. David was anointed as king two years before, young shepherd boy. Doesn't hear anything from the Lord. And now, after two years, David is in the palace playing his harp for the king in the same palace that he will one day rule and reign. How cool is that? What we see when we look at this story is this God used David's harp to prepare him spiritually. And I find that really interesting because two weeks ago when we looked at the story, we learned a little bit about David's hearts. The reason why David was anointed. David was anointed because he was a man after God's own hearts. He had a heart for God. But this week, we're going to learn a little bit about David's heart. You see, not only did David have a heart for the Lord, but he also learned to play the harp for the Lord. And we'll find out in today's message that, man, they're both connected. You see, the playing of David's harp actually led to the preparation of David's hearts. The preparation of of David's hearts to be king. All right, so I, I want you to imagine this scenario for a second. I want you to imagine young David for two years, sitting in the fields, watching his sheep and playing his harp day after day, week after week for 2 years waiting 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 now that does not sound like anything special but in those moments of waiting god was preparing and today in in our passage of scripture we'll discover that god's preparation process was threefold there were three ways god prepared david spiritually using this harp all right and that's what we're going to look at today and we'll get into the first one real quickly today number 1 we find out that God prepared David using his talents. God prepared David using his talents. You see, King David was a very talented dude, right? You study the scriptures, you find out this guy was really talented and especially when it came to playing his harp. You see, David didn't simply get picked to play the harp for the king as a coincidence, right? King Saul didn't just send his servants out onto the street and he just went, hey, you come here. No, David was naturally gifted. David was talented at playing his harp. And if you read verses 16, 17, and 18 of our text, we learn that David is described as a skillful musician three separate times. Verse 16 describes him as a cunning player on an harp. Verse 17 describes him as someone who plays well. And then verse 18, the Bible says he was cunning in playing, skillful in playing. Three times in this patches of scripture. David is described as a talented harp player. Well, that teaches us something today. You see that teaches us that the preparation process begins with God cultivating our talents. You see, to fulfill the plan that God has for you, it takes using the talents that God has given you. And I want you to know this morning, God has given us strengths and talents. Just like David was a talented harp player, God has given you special talents and abilities. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to be a skillful musician like David, but it does mean that God has equipped you with unique talents and abilities to fulfill his special purpose for you. And this is something that we really need to understand today. You may be sitting here today and think, I'm not very talented. I don't have any strengths. I don't have any abilities. Well, the Bible says the exact opposite. No, God's word makes it very clear. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse six, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And the context of that verse is this. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, if you've called upon him, there is a special unique gift that God has given you for the furtherance of the gospel, for God's glory and for your local church. We all have gifts today. And this is something that we really need to understand. Hey, the Bible says that you, you, are talented the bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made the bible says that you are god's poem you are god's masterpiece you are god's workmanship and we need to remember that today ephesians 2 10 for we are his workmanship we are his masterpiece created in christ jesus unto good works which god hath before ordained that we should walk in them hey god has created you for good works today and god has created you with many strengths and talents. And this is so important to understand because for you to become exactly who God called you to be, it takes realizing this truth. And so we're gonna do something today. You're gonna think it's a little bit cheesy, but I think it's really important. I want you to say this out loud today, all right? I want you to say, I am talented. Say it. God made me this way. Don't ever forget that. You're talented. God made you that way. But my question today is why, right? Why did God give me these specific talents, right? Why did God give me these strengths? Why does God give me talents in the first place? Well, the short answer is for the glory of God, for his glory, right? Our talents are to be used for the glory of God, not just for ourselves, but for God's glory. That's actually the whole reason why God gave us these gifts in the first place. Right? That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.31. The Bible says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Do all. Everything that we do should be for the God's glory. And man, this includes what we do with our talents. Our talents are to be used for the glory of God. And that's exactly what we see in our text today. Here in our text, we find David playing the harp for King Saul whenever Saul was distressed by an evil spirit. When Saul was overwhelmed, when Saul was stressed out, David would come and and use his talents to calm King Saul down. And and, and we know that it was for God's glory based on what was said about him. In verse 18, we actually see a, a description of David or a resume of David, if you will. Look at verse 18. Look at how people describe this man. The Bible says, Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethelmite that is cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person. And ready for this? The Lord is with him. Did you catch that? To begin the description, the Bible says he is cunning and playing. He is skillful. He is talented. To end the description, the Bible says the Lord is with him. In other words, the first part of David's description and the last part of David's description point to him using his talents for God's glory. And man, I love that, man. I think that's so cool. And I got to thinking about this. Wouldn't it be awesome to have someone describe you like that? They put your strengths and your relationship with the Lord together, right? Oh man, that person is so talented. You can tell the Lord is with them. Oh, oh, that person is, is such a good mom. You can tell the Lord is with them. That person is such a great singer. You can tell the Lord is with them. Fill in the blank. The Lord is with them. That would be so cool. And that's what the case was with David. David was talented and he used his talents for God's glory. And this is one of the ways God prepared David. God prepared David using his talents. And he does the same thing with us. But then there's a second thing that God does. We find out number two, God prepared David using his work ethic. You see, David wasn't just talented. No, we find out David was a hard worker, right? David was a hardworking man. And I think that's really cool because David's a teenager at this time. Now, I don't know about you, but I wasn't a very hardworking teenager, right? I was a couch potato at times. I didn't want to do chores. I wanted to get out of anything I had to do work-wise when I was a teenager. And many American teenagers act that way. But David, no, David was a hard worker, man. All throughout this chapter, we find this young shepherd boy working. To begin the chapter, remember, David is with the sheep while everyone else is chilling with the prophet Samuel. They had to go and fetch him, right? Why? Because he was working in the fields. And then fast forward a couple of years, and we find David with the sheep when Saul sent for him. They wanted David to come and play for Saul. Where was David? Working. Both times he's working, but you want to know what we don't see? We don't see complaining. No, he's working hard for the Lord, right? He's working hard. And as this story unfolds, we see David taking on even more responsibilities and more roles. In verse 19, he's a shepherd. In verse 20, he's a delivery boy. In verse 21, he becomes an armor bearer. In verse 22, he's a live-in servant. And in verse 23, he's a musician. To put it this way, David had a full-time job, two part-time jobs, family chores, and was in a successful band all at around the age of 15. That's what happened with David, and that's a lot of responsibility for one teenager. But understand this now, David needed to experience this. You see, in order for David to handle the role of king, he needed to experience responsibility. He needed to be prepared. And the same thing goes for you and I today. You see, for us to be the, the man or woman God called us to be, it takes hard work. It takes faithfulness. I want you to know today, the Christian life isn't easy. But man, it's worth it. It absolutely is. And, and before God makes you ruler over many things, he needs to know that you're going to be faithful over a few things. To quote Matthew chapter 25, he needs to know that you're prepared and ready for the purpose that he has for you. It's kind of like this. When you were a kid, did you ever really want a puppy? I always want a puppy, even now. Hannah, I really want a puppy. Give me a puppy, that'd be great. Right, but when you're a kid, you really want a puppy and you go to your parents and you say, hey man, I really want a puppy. It would be a great birthday gift. And they say, well, we'll talk about a puppy, but in the meantime, you take care of this goldfish. And if you can take care of this goldfish, then, then we'll talk, right? That happened to me and I ended up killing the goldfish. But oftentimes, God does that with us. He gives us a little and sees how we handle it before he moves us to the next step. You see, God has a perfect plan for us. He really does. But he waits until we are prepared and ready for the plan and purpose that he has. Now, why is that? Because God wants you to succeed. If God knows you're going to fail, why would he bring you to that point. No, he waits until you're ready. And so if God has brought you to this point in your life, whether it's parenting, whether it's a new job, whether it's fill in the blank and you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you can't do it. If God has put you in that situation, that means you can do it. He wouldn't give it to you if he couldn't. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. And and this is what happens with David. As we continue reading, we learn that David's hard work paid off. It paid off in the long term. He ended up becoming king. But it also paid off in the short term. Look at verses 21 through 23 now. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sights. And it came to pass in the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. And Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So get this, all right? This is so cool. This young shepherd boy from the small town of Bethlehem, this little insignificant town that has been sitting there watching the sheep waiting day after day for close to two years, looking for a sign. This young man knows that he's anointed. He's been anointed by the prophet Samuel to be king. But then after that, for two years, he hears nothing. I can just imagine David looking to the stars and and, and talking to God like, what's going to take place? Did you forget about me? After two years of waiting, he is now playing his heart for the king. King Saul is looking down on him, smiling. And David is playing harp in the palace where he will one day rule and reign. Man, how cool is that? That that would be like the president of the United States calling you to be his own personal musician and then becoming the president of the United States one day. That's what took place with David. Now you may be thinking, man, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be like David. That would be really cool. We'll understand this now. Just as God had a perfect plan for David, he has a perfect plan for you. So what got David to this point? Well, three things. He was talented. He had a testimony. And his training. Those three things is what got him to this point. He was talented, number one, right? Three different times, David is described as a skillful musician. He used his natural God-given gifts. Natural God-given talents. God has given you talents as well. But then, number two, his testimony. We find out when we read verse 18 that the selling point for King Saul and his servants on David was that the Lord was with him. So David got to the point in his life where he said, hey, you want to know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use these talents for God's glory. That got him into the palace. But then there's a third reason. His training. His work ethic. Right? We find out that David was so good at playing the harp that of all of the people in Israel, He was the one picked to play music for the king. He was the one picked. Now, there's only one way to get this point, to get to this point in your life, only one way. Practice, work ethic, training. You can be naturally gifted all you want, but for you to stand above the crowd, man, it takes hard work. It takes hard work today. We've got this young man here, Danan, that is naturally gifted. This dude is so talented when it comes to music, it's not even funny. Will you play me Amazing Grace on this? Not really, right? You can't do it. You can't do it. Why? Why can't you do it? You haven't trained, right? You can be naturally gifted, but it takes practice. God has given you talents. God has given you strengths. God has given you abilities. And he says, I want you to use it for my glory, and I want you to work at it. The point I'm trying to make is this. Guys, God has blessed us all, every single one of us, with incredible strengths and incredible abilities. But to truly meet our potential in Christ, it takes giving our best for the Lord in everything, as a shepherd, as an armor bearer, as a musician, right? That's what the Bible says, Colossians 3.23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, right? Everything we do should be for the glory of God and we should give our all to him. And understand this now, anything less than our best for God is not enough. We should give our all to God every single day, 110% to the Lord in everything that we do. And guys, this is what David did. He gave his all and God prepared him God prepared David using his talents. God prepared David using his work ethic. And then number three, God prepared David using his worship. And this is where we see the big picture of the harp. You see, after we read verse 23 and we look at this really cool story, how David is playing the harp for the king and and calming King Saul. We don't hear from David's harp again in the book of 1 Samuel it's no longer mentioned. Now, there's a reason for this. The reason is because David publicly moves on to bigger and better things. You see, in just a few short years, things will begin to drastically change for David. In just a few short years, he will grow. He will kill Goliath. He'll become a man. He'll become a soldier. He'll become a fugitive and and be on the run for a while. He'll get married and then he will become king. And during that title or during that time, his title eventually will move from David the harp player to David the giant killer. And then shortly thereafter, David the giant killer to David the king. And we find out that instead of David playing his harp and singing for the king, people will be playing their harps and singing for him. We come to chapter 18 and and the Bible says that people sang, Saul hath slain thousands and David his ten thousands. Things will be drastically changing for this young shepherd boy. And as we continue to read the story of David, we find out that the harp becomes more and more obsolete. That harp that once got him into the palace will soon seem like a thing of the past. We won't hear from it again. And publicly for a season, it would seem to be that way. But understand this now, all right? Privately, no, privately, it had just begun in David's life. You see, by using his talents for the Lord and by working hard for the Lord, David learned to worship the Lord. David learned to worship the Lord with his heart and with his harp. In the years to come, we find out that David is going to go through some great times. David is going to go through some awesome times, some victorious times in his life. But David is also going to go through some dark times, some bad times, some wicked times. But we will find out as we read this story that it's the harp in his hand and the God in his hearts that will get him through. And that's what we see when we read the Psalms. The book of Psalms, it's one of the best books in all the Bible and and Psalms were simply songs or hymns. Just as we sang out of the hymn book today, the book of Psalms were basically the Hebrew hymn book. They would sing these hymns, these songs in worship to the Lord, just like we just did. Now, does anybody know who wrote the majority of the Psalms though? It was David. David did. Out of the 150 psalms, David wrote at least, at least 73 of them. But that's not the crazy part. No, the crazy part is this. 33 of those psalms are believed to have been written before he officially became king. During God's preparing work, during those years of waiting, during those years of questioning, during those years of praying, God, what's going to happen? What should I do? I don't know what's going to take place. Did you forget about me? During those moments, God was preparing. He was preparing David using his worship. And man, it was in those seasons of waiting that God penned and David penned some of the greatest words in all of the Bible. During those seasons of waiting, he penned the words, O Lord, Our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And my heart is fixed, O God. My my heart is fixed. And I will sing and give praise to thee. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. During those seasons of waiting, and it was believed to be David at the end of his life, that said, I will also praise thee with psaltery, even thy truth, O oh my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. So, David in the beginning of his life, and David at the end of his life had his harp in hand. And I think that's so cool. Let me ask you do you think David knew that he would one day be writing some of the most beautiful and well known songs in history? during those seasons of waiting. Not at all. You want to know what David did? He just got a pen, some parchment paper, grabbed his harp, and went alone somewhere and worshiped. Poured his heart out to the Lord. Gave his life to the Lord. And in those moments, God was preparing David for something great. And he is doing the same thing for you and me right now, today. The same exact thing. So I ask you this morning, what is your harp? What is your harp? In other words, what is that one unique talent or skill that God has given you? I want to emphasize to you today that it wasn't the harp that made David great though. We've been talking about the harp this whole message. It wasn't the harp that made David great. No, the harp was just a few pieces of wood and some string. It wasn't anything special at all. No, what truly made David great was when he took that simple harp and laid it before his Lord, giving God his talents, his abilities, his life, and everything that he had to God. That's what made David great. So I ask you to close. Will you lay your harp down on the altar today?